Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Well, first of all, huge congratulations to everyone involved in this year's Parish Walk. Once again, a significant amount of money will have been raised for good causes and it's been great to see, as we do each year, such community support for the event in general. Thank you to everyone. The first line of our opening hymn this morning, in a way, sets the theme for the whole programme. Give me the faith that can remove and sink a mountain to a plain. So let's listen to the celebration singers and then we'll join Paul Keyes, Linda Wildman and Reverend Debs Davis. They may not have sunk any mountains lately, but they all share a deep and very active faith. Give me the faith which can remove and sink a mountain to a Give me the childlike praying love Which longs to build thy love again Thy love let it my heart embower And all my simple soul devour I would the precious
Paul Keyes is the Regional Director of Walk Through the Bible UK Ministries, an organisation that, for the past 40 years, has been teaching young people and adults to look at the bigger picture of the Bible in an interactive, engaging and innovative way. Paul was on the island recently to lead a Walk Through the Bible teaching day, and afterwards I asked him how it had gone. It was awful. Terrible. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was a great deal of fun. We had a, a lovely group of people. And the idea that a group of people will give up a Saturday to be able to sit down and, and talk through the story of the Old Testament. I mean, this is a dream. So, no, I loved it. It was a great day. Just to recap, the, the point of this is, you're, as you say, focusing on the Old Testament mm. and you're, you're helping us to, to get more engaged with it, to understand it and remember it and share it. This is the key, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. We want people to be able to see the big picture so that it makes sense to them. It, it's great to be able to take a day to just ease back, see the big picture, how it all fits, and then go back and read it afresh and see what is it that God is saying to me today and what am I meant to do with it. Uh, so we, we see it and then we read it and then we go and live it out. That's the, that's the aim of our ministry. Paul Keyes explaining the purpose of Walk Through the Bible Ministries. But does it work? The programme is suitable for adults and for young people too. Linda Wildman is the schools worker with Scripture Union Ministries Trust here on the island and has been trained to teach the Walk Through the Bible programme to school years 5 and 6, 10 and 11 year olds. Yeah, that's right. I trained in 2020 in March, so got back just before the borders shut and then I had three months when I was at home which meant that I could just spend most of that time preparing resources to teach in schools. When I did the training to deliver Walk Through the Bible in schools, it really brought it together for me personally. And I feel like it, as much as I was learning to teach it to year five and six pupils, it really helped me to just get a better handle on the Bible. And when somebody mentions a story or something, I, I have a context to put it into and I understand where it fits in the, in the big picture of the Bible. So I've, I've found it really helpful. It's such a joy teaching it in schools because sharing the stories in schools where most of the children haven't heard them before, their reactions just reminds you how exciting all these stories are when they're hearing them for the first time. And, you know, you ask a question like, what do you think Joshua did next? How could he lead the people past these thick walls of Jericho? And they're saying, oh, did they climb over them? Oh, maybe they dug a tunnel, uh, coming up with all these creative ideas. And then when you say they just walked round and round the walls and then they fell down. They're just so surprised and interested. And it just is a good reminder of how powerful these stories are. I think teaching the Old Testament storyline and walk through the Bible, it really levels the playing field a bit because you'll every now and then have Christian kids in the class and they want to give you all the answers for everything. And then um, suddenly you'll mention a character like Nehemiah and don't know who that is. Or you start referring to something that's talked about in the prophets and it's they're learning things for the first time as well. But it just gives them a, a framework to hang it all on and they can see then how the stories that they've heard 
time after time fit into a bigger picture. It's an educational context, so you're just telling the story to give everyone an understanding. But I think that for the Christian kids hearing that, it is a really faith-building experience. I think the people who are most impacted by our ministry uh, are those who teach it. Um, after that, it's the children in schools. And after that, it's the people in churches. Um, and I, I love the idea that some of the children who've been taught by Linda here, I, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, but I honestly believe that they know the story of the Old Testament better than most of the people who go to church each week because they've seen it in a, in a, in a different kind of way. Some of these children, they've never seen it before and they come out after five sessions and they know their Bible really well. I think it's clear that Scripture Union schools worker Linda Wildman really enjoys her work. But I wondered, how did she get involved with Scripture Union in the first place? I actually came through lots of SUMT events as a young person, going to the Christian Union group in my high school. That was really important to me, actually, at a time when my faith was developing and being able to connect with young people from different churches to mine really enriched my faith and, and I went to residentials and grew deeper in my faith and I did the gap year that SUMT runs back in 2010 and then I loved it so much that I ended up staying for two more years before going to train as a primary school teacher but I think in the back of my mind I always knew I'd want to be back. I did do the teaching thing but being able to teach the Bible and the stories that I love so much and the fact that I get to do that in schools and use some of the skills that I picked up in my short teaching career has definitely been a blessing. Walk Through the Bible, for instance, one of the, my favorite parts of my job because it's something that I love and I'm passionate about and I've got all of the resources and I've tried them out a few times and got them how I want them and then I get to just take it around from school to school and do something that I know is helpful to the children and that is just a joy to share. I think the important thing here, and this is very much a characteristic of Scripture Union work, is it's not trying to brainwash or indoctrinate or influence mm. the children. It's giving them the tools to make the decisions for themselves. Yeah, can you? absolutely. So you're just laying it before them and saying, how about this? Yeah, that's it. Just telling them the story. That's enough. You know, Jesus told stories and let people make up their own minds about it and come back to him if, if they were interested or if they wanted to know a little bit more. It's not ethical or healthy to try and convince people that they have to believe what you're telling them. But we can contribute to the education and fulfill some of the RE curriculum, but also teaching the stories that, that we believe might go on to form part of the children's future if they're interested. They've got a little bit more knowledge and they can decide what to do with that.
Thank you to Scripture Union Ministries Trust schools worker Linda Wildman, talking about giving young people the chance to explore the bigger picture to be found in the Bible. And the music that you're listening to now is part of a suite of original orchestral music composed by Tim Price and inspired by the unique beauty of the Isle of Man. The suite is appropriately called Gem of God's Earth, and Tim and his photographer sister Rachel have made a film using images of the scenes that inspired the music that they'll be showing in Ramsey next week. The music you've just heard is called The Airs. This takes its inspiration from Ballaglass Glen. If you'd like to hear all the music as a soundtrack to the magnificent photographs of the areas that match the pieces, then you're warmly invited to Ramsey Independent Methodist Church in Chapel Lane in the centre of Ramsey on Monday the 3rd of July. The evening starts at half past seven. Admission is £10 and that includes Rachel's handmade refreshments made using Manx ingredients. There's no need to book, just come along. If you love our island, you will love Gem of God's Earth. Now let's rejoin Paul Keyes, but the topic of conversation now is something different. But by complete coincidence, does have a link to the conversation I had on last week's programme about going on pilgrimage to Israel, to the Holy Land. In addition to his work with Walk Through the Bible, Paul Keyes is also chairman of the trustees of the Garden Tomb in Jerusalem, the sacred site that recalls the events of the first Good Friday and Easter Sunday. That after Jesus died on the cross, his body was taken down and sealed in a borrowed tomb. But after three days, he rose from the dead and appeared numerous times to his closest friends. So how, I wondered, did this connection between Paul Keyes and the Holy Land begin? I first went to the Garden Tomb back in 2005 and loved it. I just thought it was the, the most joyful place. Uh, that said, when I, when I arrived, I wept because it's such a powerful place. It's an empty tomb potentially where Jesus died and was resurrected and you turn up there with that sadness in your heart of a good Friday and then the joy that comes from Easter Sunday is how you leave uh, and I was so impacted by it we went back again in 2007 and then again in 2009 
And then in 2020, I missed a year, but I've done every year since because I just love the place. And uh, in 2019, I was asked if I would join the, the board of trustees. And uh, last year, I was asked if I would take over as chairman. I love the place and I'm always happy to promote it to people. It's a charitable concern, so we try to ensure that the, the vision of the garden stays the same. But a lot of it is nuts and bolts. A lot of it is trying to make sure that we're, we're stable, fi- financially stable. We look for staffing. We look for insurance. We look for all those practicalities to make sure that it continues so that the, the nearly half a million people who come through the doors don't see any of that. We want it to be that they feel, they feel the spirit move. They feel the, the peace and the tranquility that everything is ready for them, that we have little areas so that people can come and have a, a time of eating bread and drinking wine and sitting and remembering what happened until he comes again. Because Paul goes to Jerusalem essentially because of his responsibility for the upkeep of the garden tomb, he's unlikely to be travelling as part of a pilgrimage group each time. But I wondered what he believes are the benefits of going on a pilgrimage. In many ways, so much of the impact is spending time together and having a great excuse to talk about what Jesus did for us. It takes you away from your normal everyday busy life and says let's put Jesus first for at least a week and a half and we'll consider him each and every day and then you can come home having been away and then you relive it you relive it every time you open the bible and all those pictures come flooding back so for me I feel so blessed that I have those pictures in my head Thank you, Paul Keyes, Regional Director of Walk Through the Bible and also Chair of the Trustees of the Garden Tomb in Jerusalem. I think you probably know that wherever I go, be it on island or further afield, I'm always keen to meet and talk with people in ministry. A few weeks ago I was in Liverpool and went for lunch in the excellent coffee shop within the city's magnificent Anglican Cathedral a familiar sight on the Merseyside skyline. And there were welcomers, guides and clergy on hand chatting with visitors and, I'm happy to say, willing to chat with me too. Reverend Debs Davis was ordained as Anglican priest a couple of years ago and is a member of the Liverpool Cathedral clergy team. I asked her to tell me a little about her ministry in the cathedral. This is one of the most exciting places to be and in the Church of God I I love meeting people and hearing their stories and in a place like this you're talking with people from around the world. It's like a a global parish because you can be talking to somebody from New Zealand or from Greece or wherever. So it's great to hear why people make the journey to the cathedral and hear their stories. For your faith journey, was, was there somebody who influenced you, something that influenced you that made you look at God in a, in a more personal way? Yes, my parents are Christians and have a living faith uh, and love for Jesus. So I saw a faith in them. I saw God in them and, yeah, grew up into that and asked questions and decided that um, I wanted to meet the person that they knew and loved. And um, I prayed that Jesus would come into my life and reveal himself to me, and he did. And then throughout my life, it's just been a series of those encounters and different stages in life, questioning things and kind of having to come back and say, you know, God, 
here I am. And so I grew up in a, in a family where Jesus was talked about and believed in and prayed to. My grandfather is a retired Baptist minister. I grew up in an independent church for the first years of my life. And then I spent 10 years in a Pentecostal church. And then in my early 20s, I accidentally found myself in an Anglican congregation and encountered liturgy for the first time and the Eucharist. And I consider myself an Anglican um, member of this community, but I'm still a Pentecostal. I'm still a member of that family. And I study early 20th century Catholic theology. I'm a doctoral student. So I'm fascinated by Catholic spirituality as well. What a richness that you bring to your ministry. <laughs> but you've gathered up all of these things. It doesn't surprise me that with that kind of background, you're loving being in an international cathedral. Mm, I've, yeah. I've only been walking around for about the last mm. 15 minutes. And I've heard so many different mm. languages being spoken. Yeah. Are there just so many reasons why people come to a cathedral? Yeah, people come in here for refuge if they're going through a difficult time. It's a big space, it can be an anonymous space in a good way. People find that it's somewhere they can come and just be themselves and take some quiet time. Other people come for the chaplaincy. We have amazing chaplains here who will talk to people no matter what they're going through. And some people come here in their darkest hour. They see a church and they think, help, help is there. So it's a privilege to meet those people. But we also have football fans on match day. At the end really? of the Premier League really? season last year, when we were fighting for the title on the final day against Manchester City, you know, two matches going on and people come in in their Liverpool shirts and light a candle and leave. That's, yeah. the, you know, so there's a whole spectrum of people. I think people feel that this is somewhere they can come into. They don't have to buy a ticket, it's free, but also they're welcome here. So you don't have to have an excuse. You can come in simply to use the coffee shop and get a coffee. And that's not, there's no other reason to be here, that's fine. And we have events in here, we have corporate events. We had the National Diversity Awards. Yeah, there are people from all around the place who can end up here for whatever reason. But I think local people, our slogan is built by the people for the people. And um, I'd, I'd guess there are very few people in the city who've not been in here for some reason. It's quite an eclectic mix in here at all times. Every day of the year there will be something unusual in the space that maybe looks out of context. But I think, again, that's what draws people in and shocks people in a good way. But also, it's what you find when you get in here. To see a young person wearing a clerical collar. Hopefully it helps people realise that God uses ordinary people, you know. We don't all look the same. We don't all sound the same. You know, we're all different ages. And, and um, yeah, it's just that surrender to him, really. That's what God's interested in. And, and so hopefully, yeah, people see the collar on me and think, oh, are you legit? Are you really <laughs> what you dressed up to be? And the reality is I'm only here because God has given me this uh, ministry. So um, hopefully it encourages people to think, oh, maybe I could serve God, not just with a collar on, but in their daily just, lives, you know. What does it feel like when you're celebrating liturgy in a building with so much invested in it over the years? How does it feel? I think there's a sense of yeah, inheriting the mantle that's gone before, that people have worshipped in this space for nearly 100 years. But also there's a real intimacy to the worship space. You know, we have a faithful congregation here. So actually when people come up to receive communion, I recognise the faces and there's a, a depth of encounter with Christ. And so actually... It's a family, first and foremost. It's a place of encounter. Um, and so, yeah, people will be in awe of God's greatness and his transcendence, but also there's a real sense of his presence and his closeness.
Reverend Debs Davis, a member of the clergy team in ministry in Liverpool's Anglican Cathedral. And now it's time to take a look at this week's notice board, and we begin with services today where everyone will be made most welcome. The Mariners' Choir will be in Selby Methodist Church this evening for a service starting at half past six. Mrs Brenda Kinnish will preach and as usual the service will be followed by supper and community hymn singing. A reminder about that information evening for the proposed pilgrimage to the Holy Land in late autumn 2024. The presentation is this Wednesday the 28th of June in Onken Methodist Church and it starts at half past seven. This is purely an information evening. There's no pressure to make any commitment, just a chance to find out more and everyone will be made most welcome. The season of summer concerts is up and running in St Thomas's Church here in Douglas, just off the promenade near the Gaiety Theatre. They invite you to an hour of popular music each Wednesday evening. The concert starts at a quarter to eight and entertaining you this Wednesday will be Manx Voices, conducted by Angela Stewart. And whilst admission and light refreshments are free, a little donation to the collection as you leave would be much appreciated. Also on Wednesday evening, there's a Summer Songs of Praise in St Adamnan's, Lonnon Old Church, starting at half past seven and led by Reverend Richard Hooton with soloist Nicola O'Connor. This Thursday the 29th, Balagheri Methodist Chapel at St Mark's are serving tea at three. Come along for a scrumptious afternoon tea served, as the name suggests, at three o'clock on Thursday. A minimum donation of £8 for the work of the chapel is suggested, but there's no need to book, just turn up. There'll be plenty for everyone. On Friday, June the 30th, there's a midsummer buffet and quiz in St Paul's Hall in Ramsey. Starting at half past six, this is a fundraising event for Scripture Union Ministries Trust, supporting their work with young people in the north of the island. The entry charge of £10 per person includes a meal and you can pay at the door. For the quiz, it's teams of five to eight people and you can either come as a team or make up a team with others on the night. Reserve your place by calling and leaving a message on 898 377 898 And we finish with a look ahead to next weekend. Glen May Craft Market will be open next Saturday, July 1st, from 11am to 4pm. That's in Glen May Chapel and Community Centre, where you will find homemade produce, gifts, crafts, knitwear, jewellery, artwork and much more. Admission is free and they'll also be serving homemade light lunches, bacon baps, tea, coffee and cakes. And if you're unsure where to find Glen May Chapel and Community Centre, just head for the village and look out for the bunting and the banners. Also next Saturday, the 1st of July, strawberry cream teas will be served at Christchurch at the Dune. That's on the main Ramsey to Laxey Coast Road. There'll be a great selection of sandwiches, cakes, strawberries and cream and freshly brewed tea all served on Saturday from 2 o'clock onwards. Admission is £10 per person for adults and £4 per child. Inquiries please to Linda on 862 166. 862 166. And two special services next Sunday, July the 2nd. 
Bigarrow Methodist Chapel will celebrate their anniversary with a service at half past two next Sunday afternoon, which will be led by Mrs. Pauline Corlett, with musical items by the Summer Singers. And as always, a warm welcome for everybody. And also next Sunday, July the 2nd, Bride Methodist Church celebrate their Sunday school anniversary with a service starting at four o'clock. It'll be led by Mrs. Jen Casson. The Sunday school children will be taking part and it'll be followed by afternoon tea. And last but by no means least, on Sunday the 2nd of July, the Mariners Choir will be in St Luke's Church in Baldwin for a service starting at half past six, led by Reverend Canon Janice Ward. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back tonight at nine o'clock to open the door to our virtual late lounge for sundown. Easy listening music and a bit of nostalgia to round off your day. I'd love you to join me if you can. And so, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening. And I wish you and those you love a blessed and happy week and a very good morning. Station, Manx Radio.